This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Thursday the 20th of May. Justin, Aussies do not trust neobanks as much as you would think. What? According to a new report by Frollo and EML, just 10% of Aussies trust neobanks. Ooh. That's got to hurt, Justin. Wasn't trust the neobanks a big selling point compared to the big four <laughs> banks? I think it was. Brett, Argentina's been experiencing soaring beef prices. Mm. So the government slapped a 30-day ban on all beef exports so it can lower the price of meat locally. Really, really hurts China because Argentina exported most of its beef there in 2020. Mm, Interesting stuff, Justin. Mm. We have three really fascinating stories today. Let's do it. For our first, in a landmark ruling, Australia's Fair Work Commission has decided that Deliveroo riders are employees. Ooh, giant news here for big name companies. What is the story? All right, well, here's the background. Gig workers, like those working for companies like Uber, Mm -hmm. DoorDash, Deliveroo, they've been caught up in a massive global debate around employment classification. Are they employees? Are they Mm. contractors? Are they neither? These big tech companies consider their drivers as contractors. And why is that? Well, it allows them to avoid giving entitlements to those workers. Like annual leave, Mm. like maternity leave, and casual loadings. But now, the Fair Work Commission has handed down a major judgment. And it found that a delivery delivery rider should be classified as an employee Mm. rather than a contractor. So what's the key learning here? Justin, if it looks like a duck, Mm -hmm. if it quacks like a duck, then generally, I think it's fair to say it is a duck. <laughs> Unless you're Uber, DoorDash or Deliveroo. In other words, delivery drivers appear to fulfil many of the criteria to be considered employees. And the Fair Work Commission's decision is the strongest that we've seen in Australia in this space. Yep. For our second story, Audi, Coles and Woolies are among many brands to commit to making all plastic packaging reusable, recyclable or compostable by 2025. Sounds very positive, Brett. Sound. So, (laughs) please tell me more. We know that supermarkets tend to cop plenty of negative attention for their plastic packaging. Mm -hmm. Fruits and vegetables in packaging? Uh Uh-uh. Yep. And food manufacturers also keep getting heat for not phasing out plastics and plastic packaging just that can't be recycled. Mm -hmm. So now a new initiative which really rolls off the tongue named the Pack Plastics Pack <laughs> is focused on eliminating plastic packaging waste. And almost 60 organisations in Australia, in New Zealand and around the Pacific, they've all signed up. We're talking the supermarket giants. We're talking Coca-Cola. Nestle. Arnott's is in there. Keep Cup. And plenty, plenty more. Now, Brett, there are four key parts to this big 2025 target to make all plastic packaging better for the environment. So what is the key learning here? To revolutionise an industry, you need to get buy-in or cooperation from everyone involved. That means the entire supply chain from farmers and manufacturers to consumers, they all need to participate. And this Plastics Pact initiative is ambitious. It wants to unite the entire plastic supply chain across the whole Oceania region. And if you ask me, Justin, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. More than 130 million metric tons were thrown away around the world in 2019. For some context, Fluxfam, an elephant weighs a metric ton. (laughs) So, the weight of 130 million elephants were burned or buried in landfill. Huge. For our third and final story, Amazon is making moves to buy the movie studio behind James Bond and many other classics, and they could spend $11.5 billion to get the deal done. Amazon buying a movie studio, kind of surprised, but also not. They do everything. So, what's (laughs) happening here? Well, MGM was founded in 1924, and you've probably recognised their logo of that lion yawning slash roaring before the movie starts. Over the last few decades, 
decades though, MGM has been in and out of financial distress. But most importantly, Brett, MGM's movie library is hot property. <laughs> we would be talking the James Bonds rights here. Pink Panther and Rocky <laughs> for the oldies. Uh, may I add Shark Tank and Survivor for reality TV buffs? And now, Amazon reckons MGM and its rich library of classic and adored movies would be a lovely addition to its prime streaming service. So, Amazon is currently negotiating to buy the studio for about 11.5 billion bucks. So what's the key learning here? To compete with the biggest names, you've got to become one yourself. <laughs> and purchasing MGM would send Amazon into the stratosphere of the mm. big names like Netflix and Disney. Now, as we know, entertainment companies are very keen to get more sizey and more reach mm-hmm. so they can better compete with the two big dogs. So old school Hollywood's undergoing a fair whack of consolidation right now. For instance, just a few days ago on the pod, Justin, we mm-hmm. spoke about Discovery's deal to acquire Warner Media, the owner of Warner Brothers from AT&T. So strap yourselves in, FluxFam. Streaming is about to go up another notch. Good luck to you, Stan. <laughs> Flux family, we have a very small favor to ask you today. If you enjoy the pod, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and a positive review. It really helps us grow the podcast and continue to be upbeat and excited every single day. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.